Hello everyone, this is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs. We are talking Manhattan. John, we got Vicky Barron on with mm -hmm. Compass. Okay, now let me just tell you a little bit about Vicky. I know Vicky a long time. Um, I, I had a failed deal with Vicky way, way, way back then. She's not going to remember it. Okay, plus I had hair. I was much better looking. But the point is, is that Vicky's one of those, she's a producer, tons of transactions. You add up a bunch of her listings, the first seven, you're over 100 million already. It's a lot of zeros. Yeah, it's a lot of zeros. So here is Vicky. Thank you so much for joining us, Vicky. Uh, I want to start with high level. People want to know what is going on with the market today. So I'd love to sound really intelligent and tell you I exactly know what's going on with the market, but I have to tell you, every day is a surprise. So as soon as I think I really have a, a grip on what's happening, a curveball happens. For an example, I, I, you can have a property where the phone doesn't ring for two or three weeks, and then in one week, you can have three skilled agents with buyers that are calling, trying to get in all at once. Hmm. So when I see that happen, I scratch my head and I'm like, I don't even know how to respond to it because it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, you're looking at the market and we're, all we know for sure, there are great deals happening. There are opportunities and, and I think people are maybe understanding that they've come back to the city mm -hmm. and that's probably where there's an uptick on activity and, and offers. And then I'm sure later we'll talk about what those offers look like and discounts. But um, really, it's a very, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and I've gone through a lot of challenging markets. This one is very unique and different. But the market the transactions are happening. But I guarantee if you talk to any agent, it's taking five times the effort to get to the finish line. So, so it's, I mean, if I call the market dislocated, if I call the market low volume, um, high, vol high volatility, um, barely any price discovery, um, it's, it's all about how you price right now, right? I mean, you look at the market, and like you said, you could have something that's priced right, and it's just going, what the hell? It's going, it's got a lot of interest. You have something that's not. Why would you think something is on the market for two months or three weeks or whatever, and then all of a sudden, the next day, it has, it has a bunch of people. Like, what's going on? Is it just new well, awareness? It, it could be a couple of things. So let's talk about pricing because pricing is key. So it could be some of these listings get a price adjustment. Mm -hmm. That could be one driving factor. Right. Um, it could be that someone has been out of the city and they've returned understanding that their current home is not large enough. They need a bigger space and your listing happens to fit the mold. So they're coming to see it. Mm -hmm. And it, um, it also could be I'm seeing buyers outside of New York that are finally wanting a piece of the apple and they want to buy a pied-a-terre. And they're, I have three of them right now that are they're all in California for whatever reason. They have mm -hmm. family on the East Coast. They're like, this is the time. Interest rates are low. Prices are in my favor. I'm going to come in and I can finally get an apartment or a townhouse that I can. So buyers are finally perking up. Correct. They're seeing Manhattan's on sale. They're aware of it, right? Mm -hmm. are, are those buyers, are their expectations in line? Are they expecting deep, deep discounts? And you have to sit here with the whole education curve and say it's kind of not happening or, or 
you know, what are they expecting and what are they getting? I guess is my question. Okay, good, excellent question as usual. You couldn't have hit it on the head. My battery is like, I have to charge it much faster because I'm using the time educating them that guys, this is not a 50% off sample sale. You're not getting the discounts there. And you know what the biggest challenge is? That's why the people in our industry that really understand the product and how to price, it's not all price per square foot because the products are very different. And you have to really understand and educate these buyers on why this one is trading at this price and that one's trading at that price. They're just not equal. And mm -hmm. I've said this for years, you know, it's like two handbags or two automobiles, they can be the same size. They're not gonna sell for the same price and they're not gonna hold the value. One will be in the garbage and the other one will be on eBay selling for a lot of money. Yeah, and Vicki, we talk about this often. Manhattan is such a segmented market, right? Every single building in Manhattan is its own little tiny marketplace. Yes. Like, and, and you step out of that building, you go next door, right? Same street, same everything. And you have another building and they were both built in 1980. They're both 30 floors. They both got full service doorman. And one's trading at 1,800 square foot and one's trading at 1,300 square foot. And you're scratching your head saying, what? And you got all these differences between the buildings, the facade of the buildings, the amenity of the buildings, the service of the buildings, the views, the configurations, the, the, the financial, the, the capital improvements of the buildings. People don't know that. And, and you nailed it. Yeah, they yeah. don't know it. And I always say it's about um, peeling the onion and really getting to the core of what it is. What is it that you're selling and understand it? Yeah. You know, there, there's a class I'm putting together um, for agents and it's really to help them understand the importance of doing that because it's it's key. Like when, and when they, those that get it, they separate themselves and those that don't need to learn it. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a it's a great point. But let me can I if I could shift this topic a little bit into the new development sphere for a second because when buyers look at new development, I mean I think price per square foot is is really one of the metrics that I think a lot of people focus on new developments because they think oh it's a brand new condo price per square foot they're all the same. And I'm wondering if you could kind of talk about what's happening in that sector right now and you know is price per square foot more relative there? Um, you're now you're hitting a nerve because when it comes to new development. The recipe is the same. Every developer doesn't spend the same money building that building. You know, it's, it's understanding what the building is. It's understanding what's behind the walls. Is it, did they use purple sheetrock everywhere and four inch copper piping? Are they putting, you know, um, ventilation systems in? Are their, their hoods vented to the outside? Are they not? Are they using, you know, laminate floors, solid wood floors. What, what are they using? What are you buying? It's not price per square foot. If I could have a dream come true, it would be eliminate the price per square foot. I understand the importance of kind of using it as a gauge. It's like a cap rate. You want to look at it and understand it. Right. But you have to go much deeper than that to understand what you're buying. I mean, I can't tell you how many buyers call me and then I go look at the product. I'm like, I'm confused. You're seriously? Yeah. This is your choice out of everything. You only have a million things to choose from. And this is what you're picking. They're all, oh, well, it's the size. Okay, well, go get a big giant acrylic sweater. <laughs> right. I mean, I think buyers are only, I mean, they, they just want to deal no matter what. 
I mean, we were talking to a lot of people. I asked a simple question. Are, are buyers unrealistic or are sellers unrealistic? I mean, I guess they're both unrealistic. Oh, yeah, both of but, them are. But, but who, is, who is more, you know? And, and most of the answers are the buyers. The buyers are. And it's only, you know, I don't blame them because look, yeah. we sat in sassy for a long time. Yeah. And, and, you know, the buyers were pushed aside and, you know, uh, now it's, it's time for revenge. They're coming back saying, it's my turn. I have a voice. I want a deal. But yeah. I think some of them are just not realistic. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're not, I always say my favorite saying is I would rather buy a great apartment at a fair price than mm -hmm. a fair apartment at a great price. That's like that's a that's a great line. And and Vicky, if you were to just tell people where deals are actually going on right now, I mean, if you could just give me some overall summaries. I mean, you do a lot of business. I'm sure you've done deals in shutdown COVID. Yeah. At, yeah. at, at, at what point would, should a seller ignore a, a low offer, and at what point should they engage it? Is there is, do you, is there any sort of distinction? I, I personally look. Anyone that knows me, I'm I'm the play nice in the sandbox. I I do not subscribe to the dig your heels in and you know draw a line in the sand i think they should entertain all offers not be offended by it listen i got two this morning and i had to call the owner they're really low and i said i have great news here's an opportunity we can negotiate let's yeah. counter and see where we can get this to go like we're, we're no one dies so i put the yeah. offer in i'm not offended when the broker brings me the offer I know he or she is doing what the client is asking them to do. I'm going to have a conversation with that agent and I'm going to present it the best way that I can to get a counter to them. So we can try to keep that ball in the air. So you have a, a tennis game happening and it just doesn't hit the net and fall flat. Does that, does that seller Vicky um, want to basically do a no response? Is that their first kind of inclination? Oh, yes. I'm not responding to this thing. It's too low. Yes. Yes. I get that. And, and, and what I do is I don't respond. I, I say, I hear you, but just like you go to a doctor for the doctor's advice, my professional advice to you is serve something back to them. And that next serve will tell us what we're dealing with Yeah. So for $10 and they're coming in at $3 and a quarter, go back at eight, nine, five. And then if they come back at $4, well, then you may want to let it hit the net and go away, but you right. have to at least give them an opportunity. Yeah. Send the probe out, you know, and, and in general, what sort of discount are sellers willing to accept these days? I mean, I, I, pricing itself is, a, is his own conversation and, you know, where is, is the initial price, but just, you know, once they sort of anchored their head into, okay, this is my, my units on the market. Now, this is what I'm asking. What sort of discounts are they willing to actually accept? Well, okay, so let's let's address because there are some averages out there, right? You guys know them better than anyone. So the you know the average, which by the way is less in Brooklyn than it is in Manhattan, which oh by far, yeah, isn't that fascinating? Yeah. So, um, but it, when you the discount has to do with the seller, and I've said this for twenty one years. It the buy is all about the seller because the seller's motivation or interest in selling. And then you have some sellers that are, you know, have analysis paralysis, just like some buyers do. And they have their spreadsheets and they dig their heels in the, the sand and they don't go anywhere. And then you have other sellers saying, I'd rather lose the money on this deal because I have, I have other things happening in my life. I can take that money and have it work for me. Or, you know, my partner has a, 
dream home that we want to put a bid on. We want to, we want to move this property. So it, I have one as we speak and, and they lowered it by a lot. And honestly, more than I would have lowered it. Like, I, okay. Yeah. But, you know, I'm here to navigate and, and. Yeah, but the majority of sellers are not in that position, right? Would you agree with that? I mean, if you had a, you know, out of every 10 listings, and if you had to say how many of them are, are desperate or have a time pressure of some sort, whether it's like you said, or a financial means, whatever. No, you're correct. It's, it, it's the exception rather than the rule. And right. by the way, there are two categories. There's a person that must sell it. And there's a person that they have so much money. If they lose on this transaction, it's not changing their life. Yeah. And, and they move on. So there are two. And I really do, as you know, I mean, I have things. I take care of everyone. First time buyers during the lockdown. I, I did deals in Harlem. I did deals in Brooklyn. I did deals, you know, on Fifth Avenue. It, it really just depends on the the buyer and that's the the name of the game right now every every one of us we have to really take the time to understand who these individuals are what their threshold is what their wishes are their needs are and we're here to service them and take the best care of them that we can and they're all very different just like the properties they're as right. different as the bricks and mortar in the city vicky where what sector not where, what sector is it easier to negotiate in and close a deal? And what sector is it very challenging to get uh, them together? It, it's easier. Um, the smaller deals are easier to, uh, meaning lower price point. Is that what you mean? Or do you want location? What do you I just want to know in general. I mean, I think I pretty much assume that the lower end is going to be easier yeah. just because in general, but I'm just curious, is there you anything? You have, you have more, you have more people out there looking, willing, able, and ready to, to buy. Because look, uh, what I'm seeing at least, and I'd love to hear from you guys, but what I'm seeing is that the, um, the young professionals that are not leaving the city, mm -hmm. they're looking at, they're doing the math. It's cheaper for them to buy something than continue renting, which by the way, the rental market is, uh, is in so much pain right now. So that doesn't help them because they're doing the math saying, it, I can go buy something and it's gonna cost me less than if I continue renting. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. So unless they're thinking they're gonna relocate out of New York, lose their job, why wouldn't they buy? There are deals out there and the interest rates are, forget about it. I, I mean, I can remember buying things at 13, 14%. This is almost free money. Yeah, right. Even, even with, but the rental markets come down a lot. And that, I mean, the, the net effective, I mean, there's some, there's some crazy deals that I'm hearing about in the rental market. That's like 30% to 40% kind of with the net effective. Yeah. Um, it may pay you to live there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just want to shift really quick. Um, property pricing, you know, in this challenging environment, um, how do you approach the pricing question? Like are you talking to a new seller, she, you know, what are, you, what are you doing for comps? What are you doing for, for data? I mean, I know there's not a lot of it out there. Oh, correct. And here's the other thing. The, the data, I have, you know, when I read data, you have to really look at the data because there are many things that come, like you look at something this last month, September. Well, look at what was happening last year in September. There's a reason that those numbers are off. Like mm -hmm. last, last year was off because of all the, the taxes and things happening. And right. now 
so you can't, you have to be very careful when you're, when they're reading. So when they're coming to Urban Digs, read it and understand what you're reading so you can make sense of it. And um, so what I do is I tell them, first of all, it doesn't matter. You almost have to go back. They should have sold in 2015, 16 is what they should have done, but they didn't. So right. here we are today. And you have to look at not what's on the market. That's what they do. They all say, oh, my look down the street. They're asking this. Well, you can ask anything you want. I want to know what's in contract and what's sold. And even when I see, you know, there were 14 contracts sold above 4 million last week, I think it was, but we don't know what they actually sold for. And right. then you get the, the news when, you know, you look at a penthouse that was once asking 50 million, just sold for what, 21, 22 million. All right, well, there you go, <clears throat> seller. Let's look at that number. Right. Yeah. It's, uh... Are sellers listening? <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of them, some of them are, and it's how you deliver it. I'm a little nicer than I am right now when I'm delivering it to them. <laughs> Is it the same on the new development side? Are some of the developers a little more flexible now that um, the market's different than it was a couple of years ago? They are. And you know what? My heart goes out to, to all of them, the, the sellers and the developers. And it, my heart really does go out to a lot of the developers because, you know, some of them just got stuck in this time yeah. of pain and suffering but many of them are solution oriented look they're all creative they're all bright so developers that have a good product and those that that have a finished product well they want to definitely move that product so there are some opportunities there and they're you know the nice thing with developers they want they want transactions they want velocity they want deals done they are not emotional about their apartments they don't want to keep them and hold them and collect them some sellers are a little more emotional about their place so it's harder for them to let go right yeah no doubt about that and one of the other questions i had uh, you know kind of regarding this is in you, know, you mentioned in the beginning that you know it's taking a lot longer to kind of put these deals together. And just, you know, the kind of last question I had is once you do get that deal together, are you noticing that it's a smoother ride or are there bumps along the way? Like once you get to that, um, you know, accepted offer stage. It, that also, I hate to say that depends, but it really does depend because I have a deal right now that it's a townhouse and there were some violations that came up and they're not big deal. Honestly, the violations in my opinion, but this buyer, for them, it's a big deal. So that's causing a, 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 a process. Mm -hmm. And, um, but for the most part, by the time you get, they've um, negotiated and got a deal of the lifetime, they, they usually will move pretty quickly and it's pretty smooth. Well, that's good to hear. It's good to hear that the buyers are actually um, happy of, of, of the level they're getting deals at. So um, let's, we're running out of time. We got a last final question. We have a lot of professional agents listening to this. Um, you've been in business a long time, Vicki. Um, these agents that are trying to navigate these challenging times and, and continue and grow their business, what any advice, any tips um, would you yeah. give, give this group? Here's what I'm going to give anyone listening. Become, start small, because I hear so many agents, they get overwhelmed and then they do nothing. Become an expert in something. All right, just get to know it. I always tell them, pick a building and become the expert in that building. I mean, study it. And if you don't have time during this period where we have more time on our hands, 
you're never going to do it. But to, to the fact that if you were at a cocktail party and someone said, I live at blah, 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 then you say, oh, that building, it was built in 1927. It has 67 units. It was developed and you know the history of it. Know, know that the majority of the apartments are two bedrooms. Know the floor plan, study the layouts, the average price per square foot over the last 10 years. Know that thing as if you built it. And mm -hmm. then once you do that, then go to the one down next door and the one next door, then you know the block, then you become the block specialist. That, that's how you do it. But yeah. you can't just, you know, I mean, they unfortunately have a listing in a building and, and they don't even know the, some of the right. answers to the questions. So, product knowledge. You need, you need to know the products, you need to know the area. I mean, uh, buyers and sellers are confused. They want someone that knows the market. And start small and it's okay. Here's the other tip. I don't know anything. I wake up every day saying I have no idea. Like there's so much for me to learn. It, it, there's so much for me. When I, if I go to your site and read this, uh, like I have no idea. You learn something. You should just pay attention and continue learning every single day. But don't look at it as so big and broad that I know nothing because then you'll get a headache, lay down and do nothing. I, I love, I, I dig learning and I love it. John, do you have any final questions for Vicki? No, I, I think we covered quite a bit. If I could uh, put a plug in for the Urban Digs forum, you know, you talk about going learning something every day. It's a it's a great spot, um, and we we try to post there. So I yeah. encourage people to to check it out. But uh, Vicky, thank you very much. Um, Before I hang up, the, your site is also user friendly because you break it down, and and I love the charts, and then and then you're telling it. You're actually telling a story. So that's, first of all, go, go to your site first and, and, and understand the numbers yeah. and go to a building and see how your numbers that you're sharing with them apply to that building. Yeah, I love it. It's all about the story. It's all about managing expectations. Use data to have a conversation. And right now it's a hell of a story, you know? So Vicki, I'm going to Venmo you a couple hundred bucks. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, thank you for your time. That is Vicki Barron of Compass. That is John Walkup, and I am Noah Rosenblatt of Urban Digs. This has been Talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.